for so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figure, it was no good, because no matter how we figure it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it, and that is every man for himself. When Black Friday comes, this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up, mm-hmm, looks okay, the world survives into another day. See clearly now, the rain is And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. Uh, the number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And uh, here we go. <laughs> We've already got Andy and Mitchell, who's on the line, and we'll uh, we'll get to Andy here in just a bit. But uh, I want to um, just kind of let's get our, our our feet set underneath us here before we move on. Uh, Mike must have got stopped by a train because I talked to him recently uh, this morning, and he was all ready to go. His voice isn't completely one hundred percent, but good enough. And we'll <clears throat> we'll just be taking your phone calls and your texts on the University Honda text line, the Downward Dog phone line, and. That number is 541-497-5356. I'm John Warren, back from a long trip, a very long trip, with basketball. And unfortunately, the team went 0-3. I hope it wasn't because of me. But uh, that was a long trip, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of experiences. And in fact, and TJ and I were just talking, and TJ, I never got a chance to, to tell you that the Barkley Center, nah, no. I'm sorry. I, I could make a real big case for it not being a very nice venue, even though it was a billion dollars. Is that what you told me? Yeah. It, John, is I think $5 billion around $5 billion? it. $5 oh, The whole complex around it is $5 billion. The, the stadium, the arena itself is one. Well, I don't know what the other things were around it uh-huh. because we're, it was living space. It was just, yeah, there was a, a lot of big buildings, apartment mm-hmm. buildings, and. And the way that it's built, the outside of it is ugly. It's like a bird's nest because they use this this metal that they let rust. Yeah. And it's really it, odd. It, uh, when you're in the inside, yeah, the court's nice and everything and the seats, but they don't turn any of the house lights on. Mm-hmm. So it's really dark. You can't see anything. And uh, and then there's other th- aspects about it. You take a, a, a an elevator down five stories just to get to the loading dock, and it's kind of odd. But we can talk about that later. Yeah. Doc is here, and uh, Andy is on the line yeah. waiting. We, and we and want to hear from as many people as absolutely. possible today. That's the only. I wish John more than anything else. I wish the two things. One, we were talking about a rivalry game victory, and yeah. your experiences in New York City. And, yeah, unfortunately, 
There's a few other things to get to. Too. There's a few other things to get to that all happened while I was away. I, I felt know. so You've disconnected. You've been gone for nine days. And you know, there, with the internet, you can learn and hear. I listened to, to Doug and, and TJ a couple of uh, segments shows. of the two shows and the tailgate show, and I still felt disconnected. I know. There is something about being present. Yeah. And even with the global village and the world wide web that connects exactly. us all. You, you still would like to have kind of been around. But on the other hand, John, maybe you were blessed to not be here. Well, yeah. Hey, good morning, everybody. True. And welcome in. I, in trying to get away from it all a little bit yesterday, which is impossible right now, yeah. I read about Napoleon. <laughs> there, there's a movie uh, about Napoleon, directed by the great Ridley Scott. Not getting great reviews. Mm-hmm. I had heard it's very inaccurate. <laughs> That's possible, ina- whatever. I don't know. I like Ridley Scott. I like Joaquin Phoenix. I'm not saying I like Napoleon. <laughs> but <laughs> he's certainly an, an amazing figure in history. But apparently there's a TikTok meme going around. And people say this is all over. The internet. In the last few months, a telling meme, it shows Napoleon in exile on St. Helena, sitting disconsolately by the shore, accompanied by the punchline as he sits there morosely. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> I read that, and there's nothing we can do. That's how I felt all weekend, Doc. I felt helpless in my own life and world, yeah. and just beaten and pummeled and knocked yeah. down and knocked around and ending up sitting there on the shoreline. Nothing we can do. Nothing I can do. No. Nothing. I've just, I felt at the mercy of the forces of everything out of our control, mm-hmm. which is most of life, I understand. Very little we have any semblance of, of control over, in a sense. But I've just felt pummeled, and I think Beaver Nation has felt beaten up and pummeled from the beginnings of what almost looked like uh, a cloud the size of a man's fist or whatever. Oh, USC and UCLA are leaving. Oh, uh, it's not good. But, hey, you know, good luck to them. We'll be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll be okay. Yeah, we're going to be okay. You know what? I still sit here today and say we're going to be okay. But we have been beaten around and, and battered around and pummeled and knocked around as a fan base more than I can possibly imagine or comprehend since then August or June of 2022 to this November 27th, 2023, where it feels like the Napoleon image sitting by the shore saying there's nothing we can do feels about like how I think collectively we feel. Yeah. But that's not fully true. And it doesn't mean that we have to capitulate and surrender to how bad we feel, how angry we feel, how emotionally beaten down we feel, disappointed, hurt, sad, angry, the whole spectrum of human emotion. I talked to a friend today who said, I've gone through all the stages of grief over this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that, well, come on, now. we're just talking sports. and fo- Yes, yes, I know. But it is our lives, and it's what we're immersed in. Mm-hmm. So in our existential world, the crisis is here. Maybe it shouldn't be. You shouldn't be care that much about all these things. It's not. Well, okay. You, you make an argument, and I may listen. It's a little bit like I'm me reading Seneca 
the day after Joe Morgan hit the three-run home run to beat me at Candlestick Park, October 3rd, 1982, knocking me out of the playoffs. And the next day I'm reading Seneca letters from a Stoic trying to get to a place of not caring as much. (laughs) Didn't help. I care. I always will. I feel beaten up and beaten down today and felt that all weekend. And it felt like the weekend got worse, not only the loss. It began for me Thursday going into Jonathan's office for our pregame interview yeah. and leaving that office a half hour later feeling badly, knowing oh. he didn't directly say, I'm gone. But it, just as he told Canzano earlier in the week on the now infamous interview on the Bald Face Truth, he was all but saying to me, "Yeah, I'm gone. You, you got the same I got sense. that same vibe and sense. Oh, that must have been crazy. So I felt that on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, uh-huh. he's gone. And he didn't say it exactly. No. And when and how he told the players, I know there's a lot of narratives out there about how that played out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'd have to hear it directly from some player in an interview on the record saying this is how it played out. And maybe some of you in the social media world have that record, have that Instagram post or meme or X or whatever to say, well, so-and-so said he told us on this day right before the game or he told us midweek or whatever. If you have it, feel free to share it. That's what today and the next couple of days will be all about. We want to hear from how you're processing all of it and how you're dealing with it all. I have not dealt with it well, but I know that as I wake up on this Monday and move forward <clears throat> with the voice getting slightly better and it's still not back all the way, but we're going to come back. Scott Barnes, I believe, is going to find a path forward that is the best case scenario under all the circumstances in terms of resources, in terms of continuing to fight the good fight in the legal battles that the Beavers and Cougs are still in. And I think he's going to find the right person and maybe soon to help guide the program through these incredibly turbulent, unprecedented times. Mm -hmm. That will be a home run, maybe even a greater than a home run hit that can salvage some players in the portal, can uh, retain uh, some coaches, retain uh, some commits in the recruiting class in spite of losses already there and in spite of certainly uh, attrition that will occur. The Beavers, with the team had the fewest portal transfer members in the last offseason. That's not going to hold, probably. Right. I'll just go on record as saying that's unlikely to hold again right. in the offseason of 2023 into 24. But I still think there there's a chance with what's ahead, even in these terribly turbulent times, Doc, to find a way forward that's going to be it's going to make me feel better than I felt all weekend. Make me feel better than I feel well, today. This is the low point. It kind of is. This is the low point. Yeah. Now what happens? How gradual is it of a, right. of a climb? Or, or is it a quick climb? I don't know. There's too many un- unknown factors. The whole idea. Somebody had called in today to say, and I haven't seen this yeah. written anywhere. <clears throat> TJ, if you have, yeah. let me know that Friday is a day of, of discovery. In other words, Friday there will be... Uh, press, you mean on the legal conference? front? No, just oh. a, a press conference. Yeah, I think so. I think it was from Alan Thayer that, that I don't know. I, I just know that Friday we're supposed to learn a bunch of stuff. 
Well, that may be, and it may be in conjunction with perhaps even uh, we need to text as momentous and news. Say I think that's what his. I got a text from him saying Thursday press conference question mark. You know, as if he were in on okay. the possibility of something on Thursday. I had to write back and for this Thursday. Yes, and once again say, eh, not so sure, Alan. Maybe okay. I don't know. Well, well. <clears throat> I don't remember what the call was. It was from Glennie. Yeah. Glennie oh, it's te- okay. text in the days, the- what you heard and yeah. so we can repeat it. That's fine. I had heard Friday some kind of uh, press conference to, I don't know if that was for the litigation part right. or for, the, for anything else. Okay. But we have dealt with, and I come, to, I come to the poet who summed life's human experiences up as well as anyone, the great Shakespeare, who said of, a certain moment in time, the most unkindest cut of all, namely a good friend stabbing mm-hmm. his supposed... That's how Beaver Nation feels about the departure. And Shakespeare also said of one of his characters, nothing became him in life so much as his leaving it, referring to how a, a certain noble character, while guilty of treason and all these other things, left life... He, he made a good end. He left life nobly. Nothing mm-hmm. became him mm-hmm. in life so much as his leaving it. Quite the antithesis feels true right now about a, a, a man who has been a friend and, a, for me, a, a figure that I've loved mm-hmm. and deep affection for in Jonathan for thir- his 13 years in Beaver Nation. Six years, you know, as a, came in in 97 Five years as a player, redshirt, then the quarterback, a Fiesta Bowl MVP, a GA for Dennis and then for Riley. So we're talking about seven big years in his life, formative years. And then off he goes. And we stayed in touch. I stayed in touch with him. He was a frequent guest on these shows through the years, wherever he was. Idaho, Montana, Boise State. Here's Jonathan Smith, always alluding to and hinting and hoping someday. And I'd say to him in private conversation, Want to see you back home someday. And he would just kind of smile. And and then it came about much more quickly than I thought because yeah, of the Gary Anderson right. debacle. That's right. But it did. And he came home. And he did a great job here. People can say whatever they want about right. the manner in which he left. And there's anger. There's bitterness. People talk about burning bridges forever. Never welcome again. Persona non grata. And we want to hear you all out on your gamut of emotions today about all of that. And even if it rises somewhat above or falls below emotion, your intellectual analysis of what's all unfolded, we want to hear it all about him, about the era, about what's next, who's next, what you hope is next, all of that. The rest of the show, beginning here in a moment with Andy and then Joe, and then we hope to hear from as many of you that want to share something, get it off your chest. I have been de- gravely disappointed in that little sound clip from yep. the Michigan State. I, I, about, I heard it finally. I've had it on. It's been a long time. I don't know what long means. I don't know if there's a newfound honesty by him to be a little more forthcoming with Canzano and then even with me in his office on Thursday when he was all but saying he was mm-hmm, gone, mm-hmm. so I kind of knew it. And then, fry, and then the little thing about, well, you know, I had to sleep on it, but it's been, quote-unquote, it's been a long time. That, that, what does long mean? I mean, has he known half the season? The end of that quote. All year? I was listening, listening. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh. I know. It was an old reaction. You, you just wish you could clip. I'd feel better about, in a sense, 
And I still will, in the long run, come down on the side if he did a great job here. Well, yes. And I have no problem. I really don't. I with you know, I don't feel a sense of abandonment. No. In terms of somebody saying, "Well, I'm going to stay because it's my alma mater." He's a young man in the prime of his life and the ascendancy of his coaching career. Correct. With an opportunity to join one of the two super conferences that has stability going forward. Everything else is in flux. Our conference is gone. The Pac-12 is gone. The ACC and Big 12, I think, have their own issues and troubles ahead. There's two places to be if you want to be in a rock-solid, well-funded, stable situation. And he's in one of them as a young, up-and-coming coach doing the right thing by himself and his profession and by his family. So I don't have a problem saying that. I wish he would have stayed. I wish he would have found it within him to say, hey, you know what? Oregon State gave me this chance. It's mm-hmm. my alma mater. I love the place. I love the people. And I'll stay. And I'll, I'm not going to leave in this hour of need. But he was given a huge opportunity in a solid, stable life. And it's not for me, for, for us, I don't think, to say, here's what, quote-unquote, he should have done. No, nobody can say that. I will say though this though that other than than Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden, has anybody ever stayed long term at one institution? Now my personality is I would if I find a place I really like to live. I don't care about the money, especially when you're making that kind of money. Then you're saying I don't care about the more money. I really am a personality, but I don't know of anybody else who is. Who wouldn't say, well, I'm climbing this ladder. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. I don't know that he'll be that successful there. And I don't wish him any ill. Yeah, I am some a do. Jonathan Smith fan. Right. Me too. I don't like the way he left, and that's the big discussion. Yeah. But they, the expectation that bigger programs like that, there's, there isn't the, the patience we have here. I know. From both administration and fans. So if he doesn't win right away, then it's going to be rocky. And it's not, I don't believe in my heart for a moment that he went for a bigger, oh, I'm going to get more money there. <laughs> the uncertainty, the anxiety of our world here, yeah. and a person, in, again, in the prime of his life, at the top of his profession, wanting to stay in a place where he can compete for the biggest prizes within right. his profession right. in a stable, well-funded league and program. I, I don't blame him on that level at all. I don't, the situation was not of his creation. I don't think we'd we'd even be close to, if Michigan State comes knocking on the door after a season, but we're still in the Pac-10 or 12 and all of that, he happily and gladly stays here for a long run. It's not climbing a ladder in terms of a bigger paycheck. It just isn't. But I I do have this to share, and this comes from John Canzano's, own tweet just a few minutes okay. ago, was a half hour ago, but yeah. I read it when it was 32 seconds old. He said that Oregon State Athletic Director uh, Scott Barnes said he put a contract extension in front of Smith weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Quote, at the end of the day, he didn't bite. Right. And then Kinzano writes, Michigan State made contact with Smith's agent five weeks ago. Right. And then so, there's an article that explains more. So I think the long time is probably that's the timeline of long time. Does that mean, though, that in all of the preparation for all these games yeah. where I was sold that he was he was the Beaver guy, I never once thought that he wasn't the Beaver coach, was heading anywhere or anything, that he wasn't all in. Yeah. Never once, all the way up until I left, which was before the Washington yeah. game. 
I dismissed early Michigan State stuff. I had people texting me saying Spartan Illustrated or whatever uh-huh. said he's one of four. Yeah. And that he'd actually interviewed. And I just I just thought, no. Right. I just don't believe that. I didn't either. I just didn't want to believe it or was just. Because every job has that names being mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And I that's kind of, you know, uh, yeah, I can see why he's a hot candidate. When the Beavers were 6-1 and one and ranked as high as number 10, you know, got to number 10 in the country this year. Mm-hmm. It's not ended well. The most unkind is cut. Nothing was more unbecoming in the manner and way, in the way in which he left to paraphrase. The difficulty of ending well, of ending anything well, Dr. Samuel Johnson in the 18th century. Those poets and essayists and Thinkers are all right. These are human things that have gone on forever. But it hits home today. Dallas Frazier's great song, Today I Can Feel It, Touching Home. It's touched us. We're angry. We're going to go to Andy and Joe and get things started. Whatever your level of emotion that you want to share. But also, what's next? Who's next? What do you want to see? Because that's the biggest thing right now. We have to pick ourselves up. Dust some of the rubble away and go. A completed stadium, perhaps a huge financial windfall coming. I think an astute director of athletics is going to do the best he can to find the right person in this time, an hour of need to keep uh, three consecutive winning seasons and sellouts and all of the. We got to find a way to keep moving everybody and not wallow too long in feeling as though. Something's been imploded out from under us again, and there's no chance of recovery. Yes, there is. Let's go. Let's go to Andy. Thank you for hanging on. Joe is on deck. Andy, good morning. Morning, Mike and John. Thank you for holding this space on a monumental day, and I just I just hope that this week uh, provides a space for all the alumni and fans in Beaver Nation to um, be able to speak their mind open and freely and maybe have a little little therapy session along the way. So it would be my hope that this whole week is dedicated to Beaver Nation um, unless there is pressing or breaking news mm-hmm. occurring mm-hmm. so that we can, so that we can uh, properly grieve and look ahead as a, as a family because that's what Beaver Nation is. We're, we're a big family. And mm-hmm. so um, I hope that this show – can do but to do right by beaver nation because it doesn't feel like uh, any other entity has done right by us and so i appreciate you guys being here and with that i'll jump in and i just as i've taken these last few days i was there at austin on friday and you know saw it all unfolding and paying attention throughout the week as i've taken in these last few days and, and processed um i've seen a lot of people and there's so much blame to go around. We've been failed at a at a at a macro level, at a micro mm-hmm. level. You can go to Larry Scott, you can go to George K, you can go to the networks, our fellow presidents, ADs uh, in our conference, all of it. Um, they all carry blame. And then at the micro level, I understand frustration with our administration. I understand frustration with uh, Coach Smith and the way he left. But I think people want to make sense of it so they try to draw one hard line and the reality is it's, it's a it's a situation that's out of our control as you said in the beginning it's, it's bigger than us it's bigger than any one person and literally every domino fell mm-hmm. 
in the wrong direction. And so I just want to speak to the, the Smith thing a little bit in the fact of, and I, I put this on X last night in our account. I, I don't, I don't want to undo six years of, of who he was and what he was about with, with the way he ended his final few days or mm-hmm. final week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's fair. I do think Jonathan is a, is a, a good man. I don't know him personally, but just from what I've observed following closely as a fan and, and talking to others who do know him, um, I think he cares about people. I don't think he was chasing the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, I, I felt, I think he felt for what he wanted to do and the level he wanted to coach at. I truly believe he, he felt backed into a corner um, for what he was wanting to do. And, and, Again, maybe you know, maybe there's some things the administration could have done better, and, and things you know presented them with for a path forward. But again, they're they're hamstrung in some ways. There's there's limitations. They can't just find money. Right. Um, so I get that, but I do understand some of the frustration. I know some people are a little frustrated with um, our athletic director securing a guaranteed contract for himself. Admits admits this, um, and that's that's a topic for another time. But I, I understand that. And then on the Smith side appreciate everything he's done. He's a great coach, you know, should be respected, brought us out of the ashes. I've mentioned mm-hmm. it many times mm-hmm. on this show, but the reason, and, and I don't begrudge him for leaving and, and, and most, I would say 90, 95% of coaches would. The thing that, why it hurts for me, why it hurt and still stung over the weekend, even though my mind probably knew it was coming, why it still hurt my beaver heart is because in six years, Jonathan seemed like he was in that 5%. Yeah. He yeah. seemed, he, he, everything about him was so anti what we saw at other programs and the self-servedness and, uh, of, of head coaches in this, in this profession, in this world. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, he's, a, he's an ultimate competitor. And so I don't blame him for it. But the, the reason I'm frustrated, and I'm sure a lot of Beaver fans are frustrated, is because the standard he set for himself and it was a very, very high bar. Mm -hmm. And so when he falls short, whether fair or unfair, that's the standard he set for himself by the great work he has done over these six years. And and even his time as a player and GA and all that, he, he kind of set that tone. And so I think that's why it hurt me Mm -hmm. uh, particularly. And then I'll just, I'll just say this, the, the ending of, the way that it got to the players, the way that it, it did, and again, I'm sure he would have done it differently if he could have, but the way it became a distraction and we saw, I mean, I'm sure Oregon probably had us in, in, you know, in the matchup this year, but it was a pretty flat performance. There was mm-hmm. some distraction. It wasn't, it wasn't clean. And I think that he let, knowing what this game means to this university and his alma mater, and maybe it'd be the last time it's ever played, or at least the last time mm-hmm. it's played the way we know it. And he let that become a distraction. And and then the other thing is he left he left the situation knowing and again I don't I don't blame him for doing it, but on the emotional level, he left his school, his alma mater, what he said was his dream job. He he left it in a state where he knows it could be damaged beyond repair. I'm not saying that it will be. I do still have hope for the future, but that really stings is that he, he left his alma mater, his school, the place that shaped him, knowing that by leaving during this time and this period of turmoil in a state that 
that might lead it to be damaged beyond repair. And that's that's a tough pill to swallow. And yeah, yeah. and uh, and a good <clears throat> and a good buy on the notes app was was a hard one to to see. What's yeah. that, Johnny? Yeah, the, the, the good buy on the notes app, It's it was not very heartfelt, was it, Andy? It was just kind of a cold, hey, uh, thanks for everything, yeah. information, I got to go. Yeah. Hey, right. Andy, uh, thank you for getting us started. You, you run the gamut and speak, I'm sure, on behalf of a lot of folks. But we do want to hear from more. Hope to continue to hear from you through the process. And, yes, <clears throat> our lines will be open all week for these kinds of uh, heartfelt and difficult conversations, but perhaps in the long run there could be an element of therapy and catharsis in it and getting it all out before we get excited about what's next because I do think we got to find that again within ourselves as Beaver Nation. we gotta, we got to find a way. If, if the bowl game becomes a hey, San Diego's uh, getting cool feet, a holiday bowl because of this, no, no, Beaver Nation, let's, let's get tickets, let's go, let's be a presence there. If, if, if it comes down to making a choice and the Holiday Bowl, a place we've always wanted to go to, suddenly says, oh, boy, I don't know. No, Beaver Nation, let's go. Yeah. No matter how we may feel, yeah. let's support that, the guys who are on the team, and go to San Diego and have a nice week down there and get to a bowl game we've always wanted to go to rather than, oh, woe is us, and I, I don't care about any bowl game now. <laughs> I think we need to find a way to rally up again, Andy. Absolutely, yeah, and I'll just leave you with this. It's always, always, always going to be go Beavs forever, and I feel like the guy in Monty Python, every time I say go Beavs, that's like when he's getting dismembered, slashed by yeah. slash. <laughs> yeah. It's just a scratch. It's just a flesh wound. It's all, you can cut our legs out. It's always go Beavs. We're not going anywhere, and we're always going to be here. So yeah, Thank absolutely. you guys, and have a great day. Thanks a Thanks, lot, Andy. Andy, and always look on the bright side of uh-huh, life, as uh-huh. Eric Idle from Monty Python, wrote in an amazing scene in another one of their movies. Uh, 497-5356. 497-5356. Joe is next. We're going to get to Joe and then take a break and uh, hope to hear from as many of you as want to and feel the need to call today. We appreciate your participation in the show. Let's go to uh, Joe next on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Long okay. time no talk hey, Joe. for the most part. <laughs> good to hear from you, so, Joe. Good to hear from you guys as well, and thanks for having me on. So I want to go back to the year I interned, the first year, I should say, in 2012, when you guys started talking to me about Beaver history on the air. And, Mike, you asked me what my favorite season in Beaver football was, and I said it had to be 2006 because I didn't start cheering for the team in 2005. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that the Fiesta, I have no attachment to the Fiesta Bowl team, no right, attachment right. to Jonathan Smith, none of that. And the very next day when I went to cover practice, people were legitimately angry with me mm-hmm. for, telling, for saying that the Fiesta Bowl is not the greatest season. And I said, that's not at all what I said. Right. I said, I have no attachment to it. Mm-hmm. So my only attachment to Jonathan Smith has recently been his stint as the head coach here. And I remember when he was hired, I was like, yeah, well, we'll see how this goes. But it wasn't until listening to the uh, College World Series uh, eventual win when you had him on for a handful of games where he was talking about building the program. And he went more in-depth with you on a couple of those calls, Mike, and I'd listened to those games on the radio. And it was right about that time, probably about May or April, where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on board with this guy. I know 
this is a process. I know where we're at as a program, and he can build it up. And he, he did that. And I know fans are angry and upset, and I everyone's entitled to, to do that. I was at the game on Friday, and I just felt that, you know, it, it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And to announce that he was the leading candidate an hour before kick, the way that it was announced, just yeah. sucked. And I think that that was kind of known, and it just the effort was flat. But the one thing that I put out on – I haven't really commented a whole lot on this on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. I put out a, a, a snippet from the uh, a song, Don't Look Back in Anger, when you look back at Jonathan Smith's tenure. He, he built it up. He made us relevant. I told people even leading up to this point that when was the last time Oregon State started the season ranked and will likely finish the season ranked? I'm looking forward to the bowl game. I'm really hoping that we can win that bowl game and, and finish ranked for the first time all season because since 2005, I can't remember a point where we started ranked and ended ranked. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's a good thing to look at. With Damian Martinez announcing that he plans on coming back, if we can get uh, Aiden Childs back as well as Jack Velling back, I think that that's a good offensive nucleus to build around. I mean, trying to keep as much of the offensive line together. There's defensive players to think about. I know that we had a lot of deep seniors over the last few years. So if we can recruit well and find some replacements, mine the portal, as the new saying goes, with what we can find to fill in spaces to make us competitive, depending on how the court cases go, I think Mm -hmm. we're going to be okay. Um, But it, it stings right now, and I know Beaver fans are upset. I'm upset but I sort of felt like some of the writing was on the wall because I've told some people in close circles, enjoy the season because this could be the last time we see him coach for us for now. And, yeah. you know, it came to fruition. So that's my two cents. I wish you guys all the best. And uh, this too shall pass. And as, as Andy alluded to, it's always going to be go Beavers every day, all day. And don't forget fans to, you know, show up to all games and, support the NIL collectives because if we want to make sure we keep guys do that. So that's my message to folks Good one. and go from there. Thank you, Joe. So. And, and I'll close just simply by saying thank you. And, the 2000 team was pretty good. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll take a break on that note. Come back with Ben. And we hope more of you. Texts, Plenty calls, downward dog phone line, University Honda text line. We want to hear you all out. 497-5356 on Joe Radio. Experience tailgating, hunting, and traveling in your own recreational vehicle from Power RV. Stop by and see our inventory of high-quality travel trailers, fifth wheel, and toy haulers. Power RV is the number one Wildwood RV dealer in Oregon and Idaho. And now, we are a new Genesis Supreme dealer. Whether you need sales, service, or parts, choose Power RV. We sell fun and we deliver. Easy to find, minutes east of Salem on Highway 22, exit 13 in Almsville. Online at PowerRVCenter.com. Do you enjoy trap shooting? It takes quite a bit of skill and practice. For networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot, join the Albany Gun Club. It's only $25 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. They're holding a meet shoot December 2nd with novice, intermediate, and expert levels. Entry tickets are just $5, with a chance to win bacon, turkey, and sausage. The Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. Bring your shotgun and shells. Shooting starts at 9. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. We set them up, you knock them down. Island Bow, 
Futon Man isn't just about futons anymore. In addition to futons, futon frames, and covers, Futon Man now also carries platform beds, bunk beds, and can even make custom mattresses for your RV. So if you're expecting out-of-town guests and you're not sure where they're going to sleep, you could add on a bedroom to the house. Or an easier solution would be to stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 or online at futon-man.com. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done and did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available, too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! That was asked. So Kenzano tweeted that answer from uh, Scott. Yes. From Scott, is that correct? Yes. Xed it, I should say. <clears throat> yes, that is correct. As far as uh, part of that conversation, you want me to? to yeah, just, just to go ahead and give that quick. Nuts thing. and bolts. You can get it from John Kenzano's own website. He's also going to replay the interview with Scott Barnes on his program at four o'clock. At four o'clock mm-hmm. today. Uh, so a question. I'm working my way backwards. Yeah. We'll do this and then get back to the phones on the football schedule for 24. Quote. The schedule will be representative of what we've seen in the past. We'll have six group of five games, five power five games, schools, and an FCS that we've always had. Some of those are already booked. Additional ones will be announced very soon. And some of the ink won't be dry on a couple of those. It may linger a little further. Until you have ink dry on the contract, you can't really say anything. We'll give some information here very soon. And the balance was... As we finalize some of the contracts, and that I think is what that meeting on Thursday or Friday could be. Is, could be on giving the information. But he was pretty direct by saying six group of fives, five if power fives. If that's the case, if if indeed that's true, and what Scott is apparently telling John now, and will perhaps affirm some of that in a press conference later in the week, and you could extrapolate that's not bad from yeah, <laughs> it's not bad at all. In fact, you could con- extrapolate from rumors and things that have already been spoken and say, well, I guess the group of five is going to be all Mountain West. Maybe, maybe not. Well, you've got Idaho coming in. That's a group of five. And that was already part of the uh, contract. And then who else? you got Purdue, Idaho, and what was the other part? Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. at this moment. I don't. I haven't exercised myself but too much on that. But those three non-conference games have been on the schedule yes, for a long time. Five power five, six group of five, one FCS. That if that all comes to pass, that's a representative schedule given, yeah, the grave uncertainty that the Beavs and so Cougs we already know in. about Purdue. So you've got four more Power Fives that are going to be on the schedule. 
Let's go to uh, Ben on the Downward Dog phone line. This is a day and week of kind of letting it all out in a sense. Ben, thank you for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, guys. Thanks. Um, going to go on a bit of a rant here, so you guys can either comment or not. I, I don't want to put either of you in a difficult spot, but I, I, this has been a, a tough 72 hours or so, um, just knowing when these rumors started really surfacing. I just want to start by saying, you know, I, I'm someone who's 44 years old and fortunate to make a decent living and try and support Oregon State as much as possible, whether that's buying tickets to baseball, football, basketball, donations, etc. I don't expect a coach, any coach Oregon State has, to have the same level of commitment that I do to the university, although I do have a higher standard for someone who's a graduate, who Johnson Smith was one year ahead of me when I was at Oregon State. He's regarded him as a, a hero on the field. Remember his press conference when he has tears in his eyes saying this is where he wants to be. So I do expect more from a graduate. And this feels like we're, Oregon State, with everything that's happened to him, we're lying on the ground injured. And here we get kicked, you know, like a final kick to really – you know, put us in such a, a horrible spot. I, I want to go back, you know, I asked someone in the athletic department a while back when this was, when all this conference uh, realignment garbage was happening, I, I wanted to check in on where they thought the coaches were at. And when I asked, I asked about kind of the four most prominent sports, I asked about Scott Ruick, said Scott loves to be here. You know, obviously his salary for what a women's coach is paid if you're not in a Power 5 conference is a concern. There was no doubt that Scott wanted to be here. I asked about Mitch Cannon. They said Mitch loves Oregon State. That this person thought the only job Mitch would even entertain leaving Oregon State for was if the Mariners' head job were to somehow become available at some point. Um, obviously, Wayne's had his struggles that they still fully admit after the Elite Eight run. He's trying to do his best. At least there's a couple pieces there with Pope and Bilodeau, and they need to figure some stuff out if they want to compete at a higher level. When I asked about Jonathan, you know, the, the response I got was not that same level of commitment. And, and that's something that's always kind of stuck with me um, as these rumors were coming up. The, you know, I, I've heard comments about he needed this for his financial security. I, I, I want to be clear, he was making a very good living at Oregon State. Any decent financial manager with what he was making and the new contracts got, got in front of him, from donors that, quite frankly, are tapped out over the research renovation and other expenses that have come up. He got a new contract in front of him. He got him what Jonathan was telling him he wanted. At the end of the day, he wouldn't find the contract. He strung this process along, strung Scott along, and I would be, I'm sure Scott is very frustrated with what has transpired here. Um, but if he wants to chase and make as much money as he possibly can, that's his prerogative, and he should be upfront about that. If he's also not up for the challenge, it was obviously going to be a very challenging time, then be upfront about that also. Um, I, I just think that how he has left has been handled horribly. I, I quite frankly, I never thought I would say this. I have more respect right now how Gary Anderson left. At least he said, hey, I'm not going to put you in a financial bind. I'm not going to take the money you owe me. I understand I screwed up. 
And that's how he walked away, at least allowed Oregon State to have financial resources to go hire a Jonathan Smith. The, the other disappoint, disappointing thing here is it really feels like part of this, we, we've been misled in terms of his commitment to the university. I think stories are coming out now from parents about some of their concerns. I mean, there, there was one from Omar State. Yeah, I saw uh, it. Mothers. I saw it. That yeah. <clears throat> he should be, he wanted to be at Oregon State. You know, a lot of people took shots at Omar when, in theory, he got NIL money from LSU. A lot of people owe him an apology once the story is now coming out. He wanted to be at Oregon State. He should have been the captain of that defense this year. So I, I really think this has been extremely difficult for someone who cares so much about Oregon State. But if they find the right coach, whether that's Trent Bray or someone else who actually wants to be here, who wants to be in for the fight, this can be a rallying point for mm-hmm. Beaver Nation mm-hmm. to, to, to come out of this stronger. And there's a lot of stuff that has to be determined. Hopefully at some point there's a conference Oregon State can land in uh, and the legal battles will play out. But I, this has really been disappointing and really um, – to me, tarnishes Johnson Smith's legacy. So those were my comments. I thank you guys for hearing me out. Ben, thank you for making yeah, them good stuff. Uh, really, really across the spectrum. I think the last thing you said is difficult to argue right now about a tarnishing of legacy, and that's painful yeah. to me to say because this is a young man and person I've cared about for a long time and admired and respected for a long time and still do and still wish him well. I just... It did not end well here. That that's that's a fact, and you've you've stated a lot of things along the way about all of that, Ben. That we appreciate you taking the time to do on this show. Thank you, Ben, for the call. Thanks, guys. Okay, let's go to uh, John on the Downward Dog phone line, and we have one more break to get in. We'll take it after John, and then continue in open phones the rest of today and tomorrow, and probably much of the week. John, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, Mike and John. I'm going to be a little more direct, and I'll, I'll try to keep my call short than some of the others have. I, I liken his behavior here very much to a rat off, you know, jumping off a sinking ship in the sense that, you know, we've given him lots of opportunities as a player, as a coach, and, and it seems to me that he, at the very least, if he had, you know, really thought about things and really – uh, lived up to the level of integrity I had uh, assumed he had. You know, I, I think he owed it to us to at least give this, give us a year or two. You know, to possibly see what happened before he flew the coop. He would still be hireable if a year or two if things didn't work out. He's got a good reputation. The guy's making five million dollars a year, and so you know, I don't see what the big risk would have been to stay and you know stick it out a bit, not forever. And, and, and see if he could help out. As it is, he basically added another straw to the camel's back in terms of our ability to survive. Ha- having said that, I haven't given up on that. So, And also, I'm really maybe even more hacked about the, the notion that he knew he was going mm-hmm. some time ago and continued <clears throat> to coach. You don't do that. If you're going to another school, you say, I'm going. I'm going to have my assistants take over, and you exit with grace. He didn't do that. And now I wonder about some of the play calls and some of the coaching in these last three or four games, um, you know, how much he was really dedicated. That's, that, to me, is pretty scummy. 
The second thing is different. I hope they hire Craig Bray, and here's the reason. I know Paul Chris is a good coach. I think what we need more than anything right now is continuity. We can't take more traumatic change and sudden turnover and stuff. I just think it's, it's not a good idea. I think Craig Bray gives us a chance for some continuity. You know, he's a good coach. I'm sure he could get lots of help uh, and advice from guys like Mike Wiley, maybe his dad, things like that. And I think the most important thing now is to show everybody, the players, the fans, that we're not we're not going to experience a total break here. Let's let's continue on the you know the direction we've been going in. And I think Craig Bray's the direction to go. Bring in Chris. We're going to have all new coaches. I think we're going to see a parade of, of people leaving. That's it. Thank you, John. Let's break. He's referring, of course, to Trent Bray, Craig's right. son, but. Dolph Shays, Danny Shays, I get it. <laughs> Before yeah. we break, I'll say that every time John calls, he mentions one thing I hadn't thought about. And there is a little bit to what he says on if he knew during certain games on certain calls, it makes you it it, it makes you wonder. Mm. Why well, make what? those calls? <laughs> Maybe he was like, Well, I'm out of here anyway. No, I I've seen that run out on X, like the fake field goal in Tucson. Well, it doesn't matter, I'll run this thing because I'm gone anyway. That, that's how people, I can't, I just don't believe that for a moment. All right. He's, you know, I mean, I don't think he, I think he wanted to kick a field goal and be Washington. I think he wanted to be to Oregon. Yeah. But I do think there were some distractions heading into the, those last few games. Yeah, but that makes sense. I, don't, I can't. He's not trying to lose them. No. We'll break and come back on the Joe Beaver Show. Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Work smarter, not harder. Philomath Rental. When you think of Albans, you think plumbing. And when you think of plumbing, you think water. Hi, this is Katie Albin. Some plumbing projects don't have anything to do with water. At Albans Plumbing, we also work with natural gas and propane lines. So if you need a gas line for home heating, cooking, or for a gas water heater, give us a call. At Albans Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282. Albans Plumbing. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the holiday season is a special time with special meaning with a focus on connecting with families and friends. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh for any occasion. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. As a locally owned company for 24 years, the Barbers is excited to support the Beavers and youth athletics throughout the area. Come in and get the works. A full surface experience, including a precise haircut, a relaxing shampoo, scalp massage, and hot leather neck shave. When it comes to men's grooming, nothing beats a true barbershop experience. The Barbers are now doing same-day appointments, so stop by and get yourself ready for game day. Find a location near you at thebarbersonline.com. The Barbers, where guys go for great cuts. 
Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you're in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Let's get back to the phones. Uh, Dave joins us, not Tom Water. Uh, I think we're going to hear from Dave at some point. A different Dave. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, John. Hey, um, I'm glad, Mike, at that right before you took that last break, that uh, and what you said about uh, Jonathan, you know, um, not you know not worrying about uh, play calls or what play he called or what mm-hmm. play um, Lindgren called, because you we got to remember that. These are very competitive men that every time they step on the field, whether it's practice or a game, uh, they're competing to be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. The players are a reflection of that. And I just, you know, I just think and I get frustrated with with some Beaver fans um, because we forget that college football is a business. And, um, you know, if I'm in Jonathan's situation – uh, you know, I'm probably doing the same thing uh, just based on conference. He's a competitive person uh, that wants to compete at the highest level and going to the Big Ten and competing against guys like Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. Matt Rule, you know, Luke Fickle, James Franklin. I mean, you're going up against the best of the best as far as coaches go in, in America, other than maybe the SEC. Um, so it's a test to himself, and I'm happy that he came to Oregon State, but as a fan, um, I never thought he was going to stay here his entire career. Hmm. That I, <clears throat> Dave, I, dis- I, I had a different feeling. I thought he would. <laughs> I thought he'd settle yeah. in here and build something special and was in the process of it. I, I, I can't, you know, I know that this, this past season didn't end well, extenuating circumstances, uh, the sense of underachievement in the end compared to maybe how you felt going in, and you did rise to number 10 in the country. But, Dave, I, I do think he was going to be here for a long, long time. The conference and the whole world got pulled out from under him. It's sad how it ended, but I, I don't blame him for his new opportunity. An hour to go. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on at 5. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. So very long, it's been... Lord, George, tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way 
need to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When Black Friday comes, this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up, mm-hmm. Looks okay, the world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. A number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Hour number two, let's get right back to the phones. Want to hear your various reactions to an incredible, as somebody put it, 72 hours in a one of the tougher stages we've in, we've been in together. I've I never felt as low as as I did over the weekend, but I'm trying to rally myself back up with news conferences ahead, and it's because it's what we've got to do. It's what we've got to be. Yeah, we can wallow in it as long as we want, I suppose. But that's, in a sense, what purpose does that's it? That's what serve? I said this morning. My personality is like, huh? All right, right. That stinks. Okay, hmm, that hurts. Hmm. All right, then we got work to do. Let's right. go. At the same time, as Timothy Hutton says to Judd Hirsch and ordinary people, I feel bad about this. I feel bad about this, and I want to feel bad about this. And it's okay to feel bad about this. That's all true too. Yeah. So let's go. On that note, to Dan in Beaverton and whatever else you want to get off your chest. Dan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mike and John. Yeah, it's very heartbreaking. Uh, I go back way to the 1980s, and I got to know several of the player parents, including uh, Jonathan Smith's parents, uh, Robin and Lynn. Robin was very outgoing and Lynn very quiet. But these people all had their kids' best interests at heart, were very sensitive. And I think that's the most disappointing thing is knowing that he was one supplier and what these 20 year olds go through and the timing of this, if they, if they could have held off a week or two, no problems. But the timing of this for the very last civil war game was devastating to all of the players and many of the parents and the character of the kids that he's recruited and where do they go from here? And, uh, you know, I, I I'm not going to hold a grudge, grudge against Jonathan very character, great character person and family, but just the timing should not have been worse. And we just hope we can hopefully get Trent Bray as our coach, uh, rally as many of the players and keep as many as we can and go forward in these uh, unparalleled conditions yeah. that we're facing. Hey, Dan, let me ask you this, and we've got Tom Water on deck and plenty of time to – hear him, and, and we hope many more of you out today. The timing is does feel awful, abysmal, the, the worst possible time to put 
the program and the young men and the players and so on and the situation they're in. It, does any part of you, and not looking, you know, I don't want to work too hard for exoneration here, even though part of me still, I mean, always will have affection for and respect and thankfulness to Jonathan for everything he's meant to the program. I will. And his family, as you talk about, I know Len and Robin well and have for years and admire them and like them and Candace and his kids and all of that. I mean, this hurts on so many levels I can't even begin to articulate it all. But the timing in the world we're in now with this ridiculous portal opening on December 4th with the early signing day, December 20th, not, I mean, I suppose you say, well, he could have held out another week or two or whatever else. If you know you, what you know and you know you're going to do this, you know, maybe he sat on it longer than as long as he felt humanly possible, then began to crack a little bit that, on that on Monday with the Canzano interview. And maybe in the end it was handled improperly, poorly, insensitively, selfishly, whatever else. But the constraints of the job in this era with the early signing period and the portal have changed a little bit how things could be handled. Maybe he wouldn't have handled it any differently, but having to jump in and try to salvage what he can in East Lansing, take a staff back there, finish recruiting, try to uh, firm up commitments from the what the previous staff had gotten that he might be interested in retaining, uh, trying to you know let people know in advance that he, the portal opens and, and he may take some players from here. I hope not, but he probably will. I'm just not sure, backed up into where he was, that as awkward and ugly and painful as the, the, the leaving feels, Dan, that it couldn't have been mitigated much more than it has been. It's just going to be rough and miserable no matter how you do it. It's, that's understandable. You know, the problem is the rules and the timing of this. You know, spring practice for football doesn't start until spring, so why do we have to do this December 4th? Do the people want to get in with their new programs? Mm-hmm. They could move the portal forward. Mm-hmm. And the ability to even change and recruit coaches to a different time, it's the timing of this yes. in midseason that ruins everything because uh, it has this destructive factor. Mm-hmm. And especially with the conference going away, I understand that, you know, he he was forced into a corner and I'm sure it's weighed on him heavily. Uh, but the, the 85 plus or 105 kids or whatever are on the roster. Every one of those has had, had their hearts broken. No, I know. And, and I'm sure there's a, a real sense of feeling abandoned and betrayed. And, and even the four month commitment, let's all be in together these next four. And then, he told me in the interview Thursday that actually aired, and now I see it was cryptic in nature. But I said, Jonathan, you've been preaching everybody buying in for four months. I said, I assume that includes you and your staff all in these four months. What can you tell us in Beaver Nation about now that the four-month clock has ticked down and on the air, he just said, well, I just know we'll have further clarity uh, after, you know, after the four months. And I went through the math and said, well, that's now. That's the beginning of camp. Yeah. To the end of the season. That's, there's your four months. So he was trying to hint that clarity's coming, and he meant tomorrow when I'm out of here. That's what he was trying yeah. to say indirectly. Yeah, and the challenge, too, is the, the short-term economics of our athletic programs, not just football, but all of them. How are we going to uh, fund things until this lawsuit is Right. Uh, uh, no, finalized? I know. I feel for Stark Barnes as much as anybody. Yep. 
a million question marks right now. Uh, 70 million, maybe. Maybe they'll be answered with 70, 100. All the money from uh, Toll and Immaculate's uh, uh, <laughs> prophecies. I mean, we'll see how it all comes out. This whole thing of Smith leaving could fall under damages, too, in terms of damages incurred by Oregon State over the implosion of the conference and the betrayal of the treacherous 10. This just gets thrown into the mix as you see how damaged we've been. Correct. Right? I mean, I don't know. But who who knows? Dan? Well, I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. I'll let you go and get on the other carriers. But thanks for talking. Thanks, Dan, for the call. Okay. Open phones. Before you go to yeah. Dave, a, couple, uh, a text. Yeah. We, we've got a lot of them. Let, we, we won't get to all of them, but I, there's, one, there's one I want to clear up. Uh, let John know that Idaho's not a... Group of five, they're FCS. Yes, I, okay. I got it. Yeah. I, I, of yeah. course, I knew that. Just in the quick uh, yeah. relaying of the story, I was. Let's bring Tom Water in. We'll get back to more of your text. We appreciate it. In fact, we'll have a whole text segment coming soon. Dave, Tom Water, good afternoon. I'm sure you're all over the board, too, or maybe not, because you've been one to say enough of this gloom and doom. I don't know how you feel today after having said that essentially the last four months. What do you say today? Well, thanks, Mike, and welcome back uh, to you as well, John. Thank you. <clears throat> thanks, Dave. I have, I have, uh, I have many thoughts, and if there was ever a time, Mike, and you seem to telegraph this, where you're willing to give callers the maximum line, I guess uh, today's the day. Although I, I think I can be pretty expeditious. I'll start with the comment I made in TJ's post-game call-in show. And there was he, he took a call from a guy named Mike in Salem, which had as much pathos. In a post-game call, and I've listened to sports talk radio since the mid-1970s with Wayne Cody, and I never remember a call with as much pathos as I heard in that call. And I followed him later myself, and I said, and I'll repeat now, this is why you can't fall in love with coaches. And the op- even the new one, when he comes in, whoever that is. The- and the obverse of that is, they should never be above criticism for reasons that are now as readily apparent as uh, readily conceived as expressed. Now, moving on to the second point, when Smith was hired, he was properly seen as the returning hero. Mike, I think you gave a great uh, version of that. Uh, he was, in fact, a good coach. He was potentially a great coach, potentially the greatest coach in Oregon State history. My only reservation, which I spoke to somewhat naively now in retrospect when I was challenged on where I stood in regard to Coach Smith, was his relative youth and the risk of immaturity, which I think point A, we saw his penchant for gambling, and I don't mean merely play calling, but he professed otherwise uh, in, a, in a, a Monday morning press conference. And in this particular instance, he panicked in the face of adversity. Now, we've heard some of the usual apologies. We've heard some of it in, in this show today. There's a lot of apologetics out there explaining away Coach Smith's decision. He had a better opportunity. He was going to get a higher sell. All true. But it also stands for what it is as, an, as a great example of rank careerism. And I, don't want, I don't want to hear any of the stuff about what he did for his family. As somebody already pointed out, he was making $5 million a year. He had what was, in effect, a lifetime contract. Six, seven wins a year, it would roll over to what would become $6 million, $7 million, $8 million. So 
you can save those arguments for people with middling circumstances. A guy who's making $50,000 a year goes and tells his boss, you know, I've got an opportunity to get 60 or 70 over here. When you're talking, when you're in the seven, ten, eight figures, uh, taking care of the family argument, I, I just simply don't buy it. Nor was this the usual job maneuver. As you said, as I said, as most people would say, no one was asking Coach Smith to make a lifelong commitment to Oregon State University. But we all know, and although the term is somewhat overused, we all know that the Oregon State University in this particular moment in time is facing an existential crisis. Uh, the athletes, the Corvallis community, and the truth of the matter is, although it would appear as if Coach Smith even if you buy the argument, the apology, that he was doing this for the sake of his family and his career prospects. At the same time, he put at risk, I would maintain, you guys would know better, you're closer, the livelihood and the jobs of perhaps dozens of people that are working in the athletic department in the university. Uh, and so he took care of himself, but as, one, but as, but as a caller said earlier, he knew the ramifications of his particular decision, and he did it anyway. Now, for the last dark 72 hours, and they have been, we actually have seen an example of leadership. And I want to call out in particular the role of Damian Martinez. What, a kid 20, 21 years old? To me, Mike, and I don't throw these things around casually, Damien's kind of the King David of Oregon State football. He's the, he's the most visible person associated with the entire football program and the, perhaps the university at large who has attempted to put his finger in the dike. I know I'm mixing metaphors going from the Bible uh, to otherwise, but I have such admiration for that young man. I predict now he will go down as one of the most hallowed figures in Oregon State football history because when everyone else was abandoning ship or threatening to or staying silent, he stepped forward and recommitted to Oregon State University. Viva Damian Martinez. So I want to conclude with the video of Coach Smith's arrival uh, in uh, Lansing yesterday. I won't belabor. been thinking of this for some time. Comment. Other people have picked up on it. But what it does show, it reveals the man's character. You just got to call it the way it is. He's been a phony about being locked in for four months. He was on his way out by the middle of October. And once again, because you'll remember, if you go back to late September, who was the rumored figure? Mel Tucker was fired, what, the last week of September? Who was the rumored figure to take that job? It was Jake Dickert at Washington State University. It was Jake Dickert who stood up to Lee Corso and Pat McAfee, called out the networks. What did Jonathan Smith do? He called his agent. And so once again, Coach Dickert outcoached Jonathan Smith. But the most gripping part of the whole scene at the airport at Lansing yesterday was seeing Jonathan Smith standing there with that um, Michigan State scarf draped around his neck. He might have had a Michigan State jacket on, too, but it was the scarf that caught my attention. And, Mike, I know you're a great aficionado of film, film history. And I, I immediately reflected upon what I think is one of the great scenes 
in all of filmic history. And that's the perjury sequence in A Man for All Seasons. Now, for a lot of people out there, this might be a very esoteric situation. But, in, but it, it goes back to King Henry VIII, um, um, the, uh, Sir Thomas More, uh, refused to cater to King Henry's wishes uh, to divorce his wife, at wife. And a guy by the name of Richard Rich, mm-hmm. played, by, played by John Hurt, by the way, in right. one of his earlier roles, perjures himself in order to sink Moore's fate because it's only Sir Thomas Moore that stands in the way of what King Henry VIII does. And so Rich is dismissed from court. But as, but as he's passing by in the court, Moore, Thomas, Sir Thomas Moore says, I do have one question of the witness. And he, and he asked what that thing around Richard Rich's neck is. And it's, it's described to him as a chain of office. And Sir Thomas Moore says, well, what office? And he, the jurist tells him, well, that, uh, Sir Richard's been, uh, been designated the Attorney General of Wales. And then Moore delivers one of the great lines in all of film history. He tells, he says to Rich, Richard, it profits a man nothing to give his soul for the whole world, but for Wales. And I would just like to paraphrase it in closing. Jonathan, it profits a man nothing to give your soul for the whole world, but for East Lansing. Gentlemen, thank you for the time. I'll talk to you again soon. <clears throat> thank you, Dave. We need it's, to <clears throat> we need to break. It's funny <clears throat> that he said he finished with that because in an article from the Michigan State side yeah. of things, Jonathan was quoted as saying, This is a great place. This is a great fit for me and my family. I mean, all the things that if he said that for here, which he did, it made absolute sense. But he said that for East Lansing, and I just kind of chuckled at that, thinking, mm-hmm. Well, you gotta tell the people what they want to hear wherever you go. It is a great scene he references in an outstanding film, A Man for All Seasons. Thank you for that. Let's break. Dean from North Albany first up. Anybody else would like to jump in? Thank you for the text. We'll roll through some of those, too. We want to hear you out. Want to get your sense of things, your reaction to things, your hope for the days ahead, the higher, et cetera. 497-5356. Tough to be in this place today, but here we are. Indeed. And thanks for being with us on the Joe Beaver Show. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-858. 8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. University Hero and Fifth Street Growlers has a new name. It's now Beaver City Sports Bar in Delhi. The name may have changed, but their sub sandwiches are still made on bread that's never been frozen and served just hours after it's been baked. There's one of the best beer selections in town with prices so low, it's like happy hour all day, every day. There's wine, ciders, and sours too, plus a full bar with a lot of TVs to cheer on the beeves. Say you heard this ad and receive a small drink and bag of chips for free with your meal order. Beaver City Sports Bar in Delhi on Fifth Street 
in downtown Corvallis. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis, helping you get it done. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 until 6. Here in the Mid-Willamette Valley, we're a people that work hard and play hard. So your home appliances have to be ready for anything. And the best place to buy quality appliances and experience top-rated service from the point of purchase to installation and during times of service is Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. Go to kellenbergers.com for more information. Kellenberger's Appliance in Lebanon at 21 South Main Street, where you'll find professional, courteous, and knowledgeable people. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices, featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. Do you enjoy trap shooting? It takes quite a bit of skill and practice. For networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot, join the Albany Gun Club. It's only $25 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. They're holding a meet shoot December 2nd with novice, intermediate, and expert levels. Entry tickets are just $5, with a chance to win bacon, turkey, and sausage. The Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. Bring your shotgun and shells. Shooting starts at 9. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. The University Honda Tax Line reaction across the board. We're going to get to Dean in North Albany, get to some text, and then visit with Paul. And we expect the spectrum to be wide here in terms of the reaction. There are people, one text saying, you guys, come on, you're just you're miserable. And <laughs> I think both worlds can coexist, as Timothy Hutton said. I'm angry about this. I want to be angry about it. I feel bad about it. I want to feel bad about it. Well, at the same time saying, yeah, I feel bad, but let's go. And we've been saying that too. whoever that texture was, John, that you were just sharing with me. We're not sitting here saying it's the end of the world. We're not. I'm not. I'm just dealing with the world we're in now and saying I don't particularly like where we're at. Mm-hmm. I don't call it the best of all possible worlds, but... We, we are going to move on and soon, and I think to a good place. Dean in North Albany, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Yeah, hi. Uh, thank you for all you've done. Uh, it's been a tough patch since August, mm-hmm. and you guys have done a really good job because, you know, I'd like to put myself in your shoes once in a while. And it's been difficult, and you guys have done a really good job. And, thank you. And, you know, life's just a test every day, and we get tested. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so five quick things, and I'll stay on point, and then a question, and I'll be uh, efficient. Uh, number one, um, you know, a coach is an employee, and they're a package. Um, people that own businesses, they know, you know, they're just a package. You get the good with the bad. Uh, number two, um, I think most people would agree there's been some damage to Jonathan's reputation in the way that he handled it in this unique circumstance that we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I think the right way, you know, 
for a lot of people to leave in this circumstance would be perhaps uh, for Jonathan to maybe meet with Trent and say, you have this, would you take this? And if Trent agreed, and we don't know this, but in that circumstance, I could kind of respect that and say, okay, we're in good hands and I'm on my way. Mm -hmm. But again, we don't know what happened. We don't know where we stand. So obviously, I recommend Trent Gray Mm -hmm. and continuity. Mm -hmm. I think continuity is super critical here. Uh, uh, Number four, I think um, an understated piece here has been the offensive line coach. Uh, Is it Jim McCulloch? Jim Mahalchik. Thank you very much. Uh, I think an understated piece has been uh, his incredible coaching. Yes, and I would strongly suggest, you know, the coaching tree theory that we get someone who was coached by him, maybe played for the Beefs, a highly intelligent, motivated young man who mm-hmm. could <clears throat> replicate that model. It's a great model, and but it also make Damien happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, um, I, I think it's critical here to confirm the schedule and go forward because it's all about retention and then recruiting right now. And uh, the coaching is going to be fierce uh, coming in here because we got we have some pretty good talent. So those are the five things. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, last but not least, a question I'm posing to you guys uh, as we sit here on a nice Monday afternoon. Um, looking forward, um, I'm looking at the chances of us being so-called Pac-2 and then and then have the schedule with the Mountain West schools probably at ninety percent. It may be a 10% chance that uh, we have some kind of a settlement and we get and they fold and we, you know, we get folded into the Big 12. And I think 10% is being generous. I'd like to get your thoughts on that last uh, question. When that, you say, okay, when you say 10% is being generous, in which direction? 10% chance of that happening or, or what? Of being... Yeah, I think to I, I <clears throat> uh, say that there's a 1 in 10 chance that we'll be folded in yeah. to the league as part of um, the Big of, 12. Settlement. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's very hopeful. And as I say, I, hope I agree. No, I think that's a high, that's high. On the one, yeah. the one in ten chance. Yeah. I, I I'm not optimistic yeah. about that as I once was, you know, thinking that there may be capitulation on their part and all of that, lest we get to discovery. Alan Thayer will have on soon again, and maybe he can take some of those matters up. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dean, for the call. Paul, hang on, Johnny. Let's roll through some University Honda texts. All right, a lot of them reacting <clears throat> to what's already been said yeah. on the show. Um, so true, as Dave from Tumwater said, Washington State coach called out ESPN uh, while Smith was calling his agent. That's a fact. Okay. Dickert uh, also coached himself out of being a hot candidate for Michigan State by That's all right. the losses. By losing five There in a is row. that. Good interview with Angie Machado on KFXX. Should have her on. Yes, yes. we will. Absolutely. Uh, Curtis writes in to say that it's a sad day to be a beaver. It's defeating 26 uh, degrees and snowing right now at East Lansing, Michigan. Hope Coach Smith has fun. Believe it or not, I've heard Chip Kelly's name mm-hmm. thrown around for the new candidate. Let's hope not, Curtis says. <laughs> um, here's one that says, I agree, Mike. Found the news extremely upsetting as an alum with a program building a ton of momentum and notoriety. I didn't see Jonathan doing this and am highly concerned about the uh, the fallout to come as a result. And agree with Dave. Jonathan asked the kids to be locked in for four months, but he didn't do that himself. Don't like the example that sets for our players either. 
and the lack of loyalty in college football in general anymore. We've got another call coming in. John's trying to handle all the hats here. We'll take the call. We'll get the call lined up next to uh, Paul. Come to Paul and get to more of your calls and texts as we go. We are, have always been straightened in our budgetary circumstances at 1240 Joe Radio. Many of us trying to do the jobs of many when you talk about the interview on KFXX or Canzano or whomever else. Big staffs, multiple producers, phone screeners. John and I are doing everything we can to do both here. And it's sort of a, in a very small, analogous way what the world Oregon State has always been in within the Pac-12 and with the trying to do as much as possible with less than what everybody, I don't get as much as anybody. I mean, it's Oregon State's way. We're living it here, too, and have through the decades. Thank you, John. You've handled both. We're going to get to Paul and Ed in just a second, but a couple of more on the text line before Here's we do one. that. Um, someone wrote in to say, I never witnessed a tweet by Martinez saying he's committed to OSU. He did tweet and say, my plan is. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I think we're a little. I love Damien, too. I, I've always, always have. And I believe he's going to be back. But nothing in the world surprises me anymore. And I hope, indeed, that his heart, his mind, all of that is fully in and fully committed. I, but I'm with. I understand what that text is intimating. Yes. OK, there's there's a couple of uh, ones here. Yes, he was chasing the money but in the sense of a moneyed program and conference. ESPN and Fox reap the benefits of consolidation that I believe they orchestrated. I do hope we find out how the conference managed to implode, just as a huge digital entity, Apple, was set to enter the college football broadcasting, which would likely have been a tectonic media shift yeah. and yeah. a conference boon. I'm very unhappy with everybody's belief that co- quote-unquote college football is a business. It is one branch of the college experience and the almost singular focus of the school's athletic department. I will continue to support OSU, but my interest in the NFL life in the NFL light is being created is minuscule. At least the NFL has rules governing trades and salaries. In 1990, there were 66 billionaires and now 614. Very few would ever have an opportunity to own a pro team, but now for a a large discount and mostly unregulated, those who are interested can quote-unquote own a nationally recognized uh, team with with, with much long-time investment and liability, basically talking about being a big donor for a college. Interesting text, indeed. And the chasing of the money is for the revenue and stability that the Big Ten offers. And if we're heading to a world of two super conferences, ultimately, people think it's kind of heading that way. He got himself into one of those places, as it, it, thus keeping himself viable at the highest level of the college football coaching profession. And, and for that, you know, people say, well, he was making enough money here. He shouldn't have chased more somewhere else. I don't think that is for you, me, or anyone to really try to tell somebody else what I he ought to do heartily, in that sense. Heartily now, agree with we that. can have a lot of feelings and thoughts about the manner in which he departed and how he communicated with his players or what he asked of his players that maybe he wasn't himself able to live up to. Those are different issues than the simple professional choice and opportunity that came his way that he said yes to. Dear Joe Beaver Show, I hope we, OSU, can get the BYU slash Virginia coach. 
I think his name is Bronco Mendenhall. Mendenhall. Okay, mm-hmm. Mendenhall. Yeah, this is from uh, Doug in Salem. He's uh, retired now, but wants to get back into coaching. He played for OSU during the 1980s. We know that. Uh, do hope we can get him into the, or do hope we can get into the Holiday Bowl. He says, I did notice that the sun did come up this morning. Go Beavers, Doug from Salem. Thank you, Doug. We'll get back to more of your text. Let's go to Paul on the Downward Dog phone line with Ed on deck. Paul, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Andy. This has probably been beat to death, but Jonathan Smith left for the money. I mean, $4.8 million, you can't raise your family on $4.8 million. Really? You've got to be kidding me. But then again, now, and I just thought about this. When a guy says he wants to take care of his family, he's going to be a multimillionaire. Maybe he's thinking 20 years down the road he'll be able to support his kids if they, you know, don't quite make as much money as he did. Or he'll be able to leave the kids, a, a, you know, in his will. But here's, here's another thought about Jonathan. He's sitting here at Oregon State, and we're the redheaded stepchild to Oregon. I mean, just quote, unquote, right? So what did he just get into in Michigan? The redheaded stepchild to Michigan. <laughs> he hasn't changed anything. If he was really going, wanted to go someplace where he could make a difference, he'd have went to Texas A&M. They got more money than I think any school in Texas. If they can afford to pay ninety $90 million dollars to that the guy they just fired. I think it was only seventy six to make him go away. <laughs> it was it was a lot. Of <laughs> yeah, Paul. <laughs> Plus, they just hired Belko from Duke. Mike Elko. Elko. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Steve Belko wasn't bad. Hey, now listen, <clears throat> listen, Paul. Sorry, I'm glad to hear a laugh today. Um, <laughs> Paul, I don't know about the chasing of the money. I don't, you know, I don't, you say, well, he was just chasing the money, whatever. And I don't know about the situation he's put himself into in East Lansing. All I'll say in a sense is I don't really care anymore. You know, that's his lookout now. That's his lookout. As much as I love the man and I've known him since he was, I mean, I love this guy. I always have as a beaver. He's a beaver to me and always will be in a sense. I know people feel like he's forever He's, he's persona non grata, dead to Beaver Nation, burned bridges. They don't want to ever see him again or back. I, I, I hear all of that. I even sense and understand it. But my, my part of it now is I, I don't wish ill against him, but I'm also not worried about the fight he's up against now against Michigan and Big Brother. You know, I just, I really don't care. I want to see what we do next now. Right, right. And also, I think if you think back long term, you got to feel good for the guy, a little five foot nine guy that came out of Glendora, California, right? Was a great quarterback, and look where he's ended up. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he's how, done very well the, for himself. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's that's, a great story. That's the true American. <clears throat> yep. That's the true American <clears throat> dream, isn't it? Yep, yep. And well put. Good note to end on on that, Paul. A walk on. Mike Riley gave him a chance to walk on, mm-hmm. and Mike said, Jonathan told him then, I want to be a coach someday. So I'll walk on, try to learn as much football as I can. He overachieved as a player. I, I think he's done a tremendous job as a coach wherever he's gone. Yeah, and, you know, I think we're, we're dealing really with hurt feelings and yeah, how, I mean, how, how he left sadness. And, how, and how he handled it. That's really what we're talking about today because 
and, and, and who doesn't make mistakes in life? He, he may look back at this and go, and I should have handled yeah. that better. Right. It doesn't change the fact that he's a great guy. It doesn't change the fact that he, he's a very good coach, a very yeah. good coach, and that he's a beaver. And he took a 1-11 team, and he's got, I was saying to Steve Fink the other day, here we are with a completed stadium, three straight winning seasons in bowl games, 25 wins over the last three years, and we feel about as low as we ever yeah, have. Yeah. That's just so bizarre to yeah, me, I know. the world we're in. But you're some of you on the text line, don't feel low. Get up. Go, man. We don't wallow in it. Okay, you're right. So let's see what's coming. What do you hope is coming? If you're ready to already say, hey, look, that's over with. That's done. He's gone. Feel, I feel bad. I feel angry. Good riddance. He's a traitor. Whatever you feel, what do you want to see happen next? What are your thoughts about what's next? Let's go to Ed on the Downward Dog phone line. Hello, Ed. Hey, guys. Uh, boy, I didn't plan it, but I couldn't have asked for a better segue into my call, I guess, um, than the last call. Uh, I think I don't want to be too harsh, but I think there's fans who kind of understand um, Jonathan Smith and guys like him and what wires them and, um, and, and fans who, who don't really get that. And um, so, you know, a lot of people like to point to his introductory press conference when he said, you know, dream job, dream town, dream school. When the conference imploded, right. there you <laughs> it's go. no longer dream job. Dream job's out the window. Right. Okay? I so agree. There's number one. Number two, though, was the Canzano interview. Everybody freaked out about his whole agent thing and everything. And that, to me, that was like, I think that was a bad attempt by him at throwing us off, right? Because he was just trying to be honest. And it is true. Agents are always talking. Mm-hmm. It's what he didn't say if you listen to the rest of the interview. He said nothing about wanting to be here. Mm-hmm. He said nothing about, I love Corby. None of the things that he's said in the past about right. his commitment to the town and everything. And I heard that, and I just got sick into my stomach at that point. And mm-hmm. I told everybody, even though I'd been defending him, like, he's gone. Right? Yes. I, I knew it right then. And I don't want to get political, but, you know, Corvallis is a lot different than he was. Um than it was uh, when Jonathan was here as a player and even when he came here a few years ago. I don't want to, you know, I don't generally like to bring people's kids into things, but I know he has a son that's around high school age. I don't know if he plays football, but the, the prospects for doing that around here aren't exactly great uh, if you're a football athlete or, you know, and I and just other kids, you know, I, some of the same things going on. So Anyway, I so I you know maybe no longer it's no longer his dream town either by no choice of his own or n- nothing that he's done. The problem is so, and and this is there's been a lot of talk with Coach Prime and these guys about keeping receipts, right? And everybody talks about well we're keeping receipts. Well, I'm keeping receipts, and for the last four months I watched Jonathan Smith as the leader of young men stand in front of the program and repeatedly deliver a statement about being locked in for four months. Mm -hmm. And as a leader of young men, asking these young men to do that, and it has become abundantly clear that he was not even capable of doing it himself. The evidence to that is overwhelming, including, Mike, your own admission that you walked out of his office on Thursday knowing it. That was not, you know, the game was Friday, right? Right, right. So, I'm sure, you know, he made his choice. I'm sure Dan Lanning and Kyle Day and all those guys, I'm sure they won't have anything to say about this. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah. you know, whatever. So 
I want to get past that part. I'm going to get a little more negative than some quick not negative. Um, the portal, obviously, you know, it all has a chance to be brutal. I'm not going to blame any of the kids that go. Same thing, right? Everything has fundamentally been pulled out from under them. This is the type of situation where even there, when there was no portal, I believe that athletes were given some allowance of, of transfer when their schools or conferences or coach, you know, when these mm-hmm. things collapse around them, right? That these guys probably would have been given this, this relief anyway, even without the coach on some level. Um, if, if they, you know, at some point is my guess. Mm-hmm. My, I think that what's unexpected to us and I, I, in the end, I think I don't care, but I think we're about to, pardon my French, get screwed on the bowl game. Um, fortunately, I think the sun is as low as we can be pushed based on the rules that have been set up. Um, and, and, and Vegas isn't going to take a repeat, so I think it's down to the holiday or the sun. Mm-hmm. The good thing about those two, they're after Christmas, so at least it gives some time for the new I, – I, the bowl game is irrelevant at this point. I just like the idea of something that's the later, the better, whatever it is, uh, just to give the staff those extra couple of weeks right now to actually get people on the field and get something going. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. Ed, you said you had one last, was that, there was one quickly, other note you wanted to end on. Go quickly, ahead. Go ahead. Quickly. The <clears throat> new coach, I want to flip it on its head. I think we need, a uh, gray beard, um, you know, somebody that's kind of been there, done that, that's not ready to give up coaching, but isn't wanting to go chase the brass ring, so to speak, or something like that. Uh, the best name I've heard is Paul Christ. Mm-hmm. And then you take, you know, hopefully he would come at a reasonable price and you spend your money on hot coordinators and be prepared to, to lose them, but ha- just keep having guys ready. Ed, great call. Thank you for making it. Dave, hang on. We got to take a break. As to the bowl situation, the Holiday Bowl has been the most elusive of events in the history of Oregon State Athletics. Yeah, yes. And this year when it felt like it was a near slam dunk if you didn't play your way into Vegas, that's probably where you were going to go. Now that feels threatened by the uncertainty and the flux that we're in here now and Jonathan leaving and all of that. So that's just another piece that yeah, another cut, another. But I'd I'd like to see, and I hope to, and I've been trying to get people within the administration to help me with this, just by saying, "Hey, are we you know are we selling ourselves to them? Look, and Beaver Nation, you can sell yourselves to San Diego in the holiday. You say the bowl games are relevant. Who can? No, make it count. If you want to have a nice reward at the end of all of this." Cue up Ann Murray. We sure could use a little good news today. One of her big hit songs from way back when. We could use a little good news. And I would define a little good news being the possibility of finally getting there and taking a group of people and young men and excited to be there and a fan base that's wanted to go there and be there and have some time in San Diego. El Paso, if it becomes that, fine. But San Diego on the holiday That's would be That's the one better. you want. But why should any of this hamper that? Well, it just does. We'll talk about it when we come back. Dave, next. Anything on the text line? Anything you want to weigh in? We're going to be doing this all week. We're here all week on the Joe Beaver Show on Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. 
Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For Auto Glass Solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Free guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 Edward Jones, member SIPC. All right, welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show. Boy, we got a lot of things going on. We've got someone holding on the line. Dave will get to here in just a second. And also producing for tomorrow. That's what we do here on the program. <laughs> She'll join us at 1130 tomorrow, by the way. So, are you thinking of your... Yeah. Your wife? Cause I called her sweetheart, but she's a friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Now, who do you got here? I don't see the blinking I'm, light on I'm the fence. I'm still talking to him. Let's I find out who it is. I need to talk to, okay. but, but uh, I'll bring in that, Dave. Dave, yeah. Dave, Dave, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, good afternoon. I just want to make a few comments. Number one, get the last guy that called, I don't remember call his name, but his last point about the coaching, I think he was spot on. Um, I'll start there. In my opinion, we need a guy who, who, well, we don't need a long, drawn-out hiring process like we have in the past. We need somebody in by the end of this week to put some stability on that transfer portal stuff. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and hopefully give us some stability with bowl selection, right? So it's got to be somebody who who is committed for a year. I, I don't think we need to try to go in and find our next five-year coach uh, because our circumstances are likely going to change by next season anyway. So we need a guy who's willing to come in, say, sign a one-year contract, maybe two years, because if, if we don't parlay into a, uh, another Power 5 situation somehow, then, then we're going to lose a big-name coach anyway. Um, <laughs> we could take our chance with a, like a Brent Brennan, somebody like that, bring them in, hope for the best. Uh, they're not going to end up in a worse situation than, than they were if they're coming from a G5 school. So that's an option, too, that I don't, I don't necessarily mind. I think you hire somebody solid, somebody similar to what Smith was and what he runs, and then, you know, expediently, and you got to get him in soon. Um, number two, I, I don't feel the vitriol for L. Smith left us in a bad spot. He did. But he's also moving to a similar situation, right? So he's on the other end of it where he's got to give some stability to that Michigan State program right now also. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He may have actually had some contractual obligations to be on campus by yeah. the time he did, right? He may have pushed that as far as he could. Yeah, um, that so, I believe. So for his <clears> – <throat> For his next success at Michigan State, he he has to get there as soon as he can, yeah, and and do what what we need, um, which which we don't have right now, which is where it hurts us, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I can't necessarily fault him for going the way he did. Um, it, the other thing is, you know, the comment about you know the next four months. I truly believe that he he thought that we would have had a home conference by the end of four months, right? And he may have been told that by Scott Barnes and other, you know, other people above him. Um, so he, he may have actually been coming from a very good position of saying, "Right, I, I think that we're, I, I think that in four months we'll have some clarity to where we're at, where we're going to be, where we're going." But we don't. And we haven't. We don't. That's and, right. And, but you know what? That's not on Smith. No. And, and and a lot of people have been saying it. Scott Barnes, where are you at on this one? You missed the you missed the conference implosion. Um, we, as a university, has decided to chase the pot of gold, and now we don't have a conference. And I think if we went back to four months ago and said, "Hey, do you want to chase the pot of gold? It's a big, it's a big bunch of money." But if you add in the conversation, but you don't get to keep the coach you have, even if you do get that money, or do you want to do everything you can to get into a conference and bring some stability to the program in the future? Then, then we may have had a different answer than let's chase the pot of gold, right? But we didn't. Yeah, no. And so this is where we're at. And that, that may have been the biggest mistake of all was to chase that money and knowing that that there is no stability for our future right now and that we've lost our coach. So well, that's, I, I hear that's you, Dave. I think it kind of falls on. Right. I hear you about you're talking about chase the money of the assets within the litigation that we're in still in now as you said maybe you should have just quote unquote like Dennis Dodd on the national level was saying just merge with the Mountain West that's what it's going to come to anyway uh you know I'm not saying that but but maybe and, and we don't know this like the only person that knows it is Scott Barnes and the university president and like like the, the the other people at Washington State right but are, are we were we not as expedient in at least setting a football schedule and saying, hey, let's get a schedule, let's put it on paper, let's have this thing done by the middle of October, yeah, yeah. instead of 
the end of the season, we've come up with a maybe schedule, right? Because then yeah. at least Smith says, hey, this is a great schedule. I can work with this. I can work with this, yeah. Power five, right. Even if we're not Power 5 status, we're playing these teams that keep us in that option yeah. to make it to the 12, right? And and right now, we don't have any of that. And that's I think that's honestly probably why he left is well, there's I, I... no – the uncertainty and the anxiety over all of those things you just touched on, certainly the primary reasons, not out of any, I don't know, thinking that it was better in East Lansing. I mean, just, hey, Dave, we got to go. Uh, we got to get somebody else in. Good points you make. You're saying get a Paul Chris type for the interim. I hear you. We'll see how it plays out. Let's go to Sam to close the phone calls today. We'll have more coming. Sam, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. I was wondering, okay, how are you guys going to approach the morning, you know, in terms of preparation for your show? Didn't get a chance to hear the opening remarks, but it's sad that he's left. But, you know, like you all have said, we have to move on because he's in East Lansing and we're here in Corvallis or here in the Northwest. Um, Coaching recommendations, I I understand that um, Trent Bray may be interviewed this week. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I may have heard that from you guys or some other sources. Um, other recommendations would, you know, I've heard Brent Brennan recommended. Um, another guy would be, uh, well, obviously Brent Brennan, Blanco Mendenhall. Another shot thought would be Bobby Houck out of Montana. So, you know, I don't know if he's been considered the, uh, he, uh, when the Montana played the Huskies. A couple of years ago, they beat them up there. So, yes, they did. Under the <clears throat> coaching situation. But, um, yeah, so I guess the coaching search goes on along with the other things that the Beaver, Beaver Nation is facing. And, you know, yes. Muddle through it. We do go on. We do go on. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for the call. John, we go on. And we'll be here tomorrow. Talking about who's the next coach. Six or so candidates, Scott told Canzano. Mm-hmm. This interview right. will be replayed for later on the the bod face as he the bod L sometimes not fully the bod face truth the <laughs> bald face truth. Scott said he didn't name Trent Bray the interim coach because he wants to interview Trent for the full you know the yeah. head coaching job. Yeah. Head coach should be named before the portal opens on Monday or something else. He said so we're moving yeah quickly as we need to. A lot will be known in the next seven days. And maybe even you know, in the next couple, maybe even by the time we jump on tomorrow. We appreciate all of your contributions, and we'll be back at it tomorrow right here on the Joe Beaver Show. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-2290-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.